Langley Event Center. Your move. Ryan Dimitri. Left wing behind the net. A hold on Hardy in the side. Dimitri scores! Are you kidding? Unbelievable! The captain strikes again! Trying to go wide. He's going to step on Schmeeman. Byron to win it. Scores! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Giant Thoughts, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Stephen Hocko, and as always, I'm joined by Ben Dooley. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's going uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, we just uh, got through a provincial election here, and I finally decided to to take a week off uh, of work, so I've been uh, able to relax and, and de-stress for the first time uh, since, since March, pretty much. Uh, because it's been a wild, uh, wild few months. What have you been up to? Uh, not as not as chaotic as your work has been, I'm sure. But I've just been a bit of golf still. Golf season never really ends around here. It's just a matter of looking for the right the right weather, the right day. Um, just just keeping keeping busy in a safe manner. Cases are starting to go up here for COVID, so I'm starting to think that there's going to be another bit of a shutdown coming our way again um so we'll see how that works out but otherwise just working a bit of golf following along to see when hockey's going to come back um yeah nothing too exciting just just doing me <laughs> yeah uh and speaking of uh, hockey starting you know i actually had a chance to chat to uh barclay parnetta uh general manager in the vancouver giants um last week because uh, we heard that uh, the season is allegedly going to start uh on January 8th, so I uh, had a chance to, to chat with him for about 10 minutes about uh, about how things are going, and and they're actually, uh, you know, really in full gear um, prepping for the season. You know, he said they're in the office now, 8 to 5 every day, getting ready for that, that January 8th uh, start date, so they, they seem to think that, uh, that that's really going to happen, and I guess we'll have to to wait and see, but uh, one of the things I, I thought was really interesting about our our chat was um, how focused uh, he's been on on keeping the boys together uh, throughout the offseason, because, you know, it would have been easy for him to send them off on their own paths and and say, uh, we'll see you when, when we see you, mm-hmm. but uh, they've done a, a really good job of, you know, having weekly Zoom calls uh, uh, with the team, uh, having alumni come in, and all that, and I thought that was uh, was super interesting uh, to learn. Yeah, it's it's nice to hear it. It it kind of makes sense, but it's nice that they're they're kind of being proactive with that because you got your players all over Canada, some in the U.S., some in Europe. You got guys everywhere, so it's it's big to kind of keep everybody in contact, keep everybody good buddies because it's not good for team chemistry if if you're not really talking to the guys much between. I guess it's been March since they played between March and whenever January. That's almost a year, so you have to kind of you kind of have to keep the boys together because that camaraderie is big. Every time you see a championship team, one of the first things they say is it's a tight knit group. Everybody's everybody is buddies, so it's it's good to see. It's very promising to see from a a Giants team that's going to be on the younger side than what we've seen the last couple of years. So it's nice that everybody's still gelling. Yeah, um, and I, I think that is, um, you know, a focus for the team this year is, uh, you know, they were getting hot in, in March when everything shut down, and I think that they, they really want to focus on building off that and and uh, making sure that so what they had in March uh, is, is still there when, when they hit the ice in January. Yeah, exactly, and it's, <clears throat> as I was saying my last sentence, it kind of clued into me that that's going to be 10 months between between WHL hockey and that kind of blows my mind doesn't seem like it was that long ago that that we were talking about the Giants and Seattle playing with no fans potentially and all this that they'll come back after two weeks all this kind of stuff so it's been a crazy ride but I'm I'm excited to see I'm, I'm excited to see how the hockey turns out it's going to be really weird 
talking about as you kind of I'm not sure if you mentioned already but the interdivisional games it's going to be very weird to see because some of those games can be either really really intense really bad blooded or they can be pretty flat like a Sunday afternoon game Um, so it'll be interesting to see yeah I think um, everybody will be uh, quite familiar with each other when uh, when it all is said and done when when the season does uh, does start and then wrap up i think uh you know there will be a lot of friendly and maybe not so friendly faces um uh, uh by the end of all this yeah they're already playing their division teams like victoria they're already playing them about i think it's actually like 10 times they play each other so if they weren't sick of them then they're definitely going to be sick of them now we, um we actually brought it up before we forget actually I forgot to mention we have newly drafted Florida Panthers prospect and Vancouver Giants forward Justin Sordiff on, which you'll hear which you'll hear soon. Uh we kind of talked about all that with him, how 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 different it'll be kind of playing against these teams all the time. How he was saying you kinda of have to have a full on like playbook this year with all these different breakouts, all these different plays that you wouldn't wouldn't normally have to deal with on a on a regular year. Yeah, usually uh, in hockey you, you kinda of like to to keep it simple, but uh, that's not gonna gonna <laughs> gonna work this year. You, you gotta have a, you know a whole set of set of plays ready to, to throw off the opposition. And I think uh, my uh, Barclay and uh, and Michael Dick will have this team uh, well prepared to, to hit the ice in January uh, if if, uh, if everything goes to plan. Yeah, and, and until then, it's you you see some players choosing to. Just stick with their training regimen, just do their odd skating, their odd off-ice workout. But then you see other players around the league, we haven't seen it from the Giants yet, but you see other players around the league choosing to play Junior A, choosing or choosing to go to Europe just to get, try to stay in game shape, try to try to keep their reps going. Um, it's something that we talked about with Justin, how he, he did mention the fact that there might be, there's that um, potential of getting injured, um, of how much ice time you get because the whole every every team knows you're not there for the long run. Yeah, I think that that's an interesting dynamic um, for this season. I mean, everything about this this season is is interesting and unprecedented. But I I do wonder, you know, how that uh, that works when you're you're bringing in a, a big name uh, WHLer to your to your team, knowing that uh, this guy's only going to be here for for two months or whatever, and then you're, you're going to send him uh, back to the WHL. I wonder how that, that screws with the, the, the team chemistry. Uh, and uh, I, I I would certainly be interested to hear what a junior A player um, mm-hmm. uh, thinks about this, because, I mean, it's great for the WHL and, and their players to keep these, these guys uh, in shape, but I, I would say that there's more than a, a few... Uh, junior A players who aren't exactly stoked mm-hmm. um, uh, about this uh, this new development. And I don't think it matters what part of the lineup you're in as a junior A player either. If you're a top scorer in junior A, you're getting bumped down to the second line. And if you're a fringe player, you're getting bumped right off the team. Or you're sitting in the stands for two months until until the WHL brings all their players back. So it could definitely cause a lot of hostility in a dressing room depending on the situation. Um I've I've seen it before. Um, it, that was only in Junior B I was playing, but I've seen it where guys from Junior A or the WHL come to the team to play, and that instantly bumps back all of the quote unquote star players. Because how many star players are there at that level? But <laughs> um, you kind of see it. It it does cause a bit of a bit of tension, a bit of drama. But um, I'm sure the teams don't really care because they're probably going to use those players to try to get as far up the standings as they can until December 20th when they all have to go back to their WHL teams. Yeah, um, yeah. so that, that's certainly uh, going to be interesting to watch. And another thing I, I don't want to uh, let pass by, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the Giants uh, wanting to remain a tight-knit group. And I think that, that really shows uh, how tight these guys remain after they they leave the organization because we we saw uh as you proclaimed them the hardy boys have uh, reunited in uh in uh, u sports uh, with uh, the university of saskatchewan first of all great segue 
and second of all yeah it's pretty cool to see it's uh it's definitely something that i bet you if you ask them it's something they never would have thought of when they were playing on that infamous line together throughout the run to the whl final um three players that came from very different very different paths on their way to the university of saskatchewan obviously um dawson holt finished his career in the in the bchl uh, Dimitri went straight from the Giants to USASC, and then obviously Owen Hardy, actually his, his junior career ended prematurely with an injury as when he was captain of Moostra. Um, if I'm being completely honest, I'm kind of surprised Hardy decided to go the CI or not CIS, the U Sports route. Um, I definitely thought his style of play was more leaning towards a professional career, at least at least to start. Um, you see guys that play a year a year and a half of ECHL and then go back to, to school. Um, I, I have to, you got to wonder if the, if the pandemic has something to do with that. Um, because he plays more of a heavy style of game where, which usually, which usually leads to fights, which usually leads to rough stuff, which you don't see in, in university hockey. So I personally would have guessed, um, a minor pro career to start for him, but nonetheless, it's, it's smart of him to start his education because, we talked about this on the last episode with Jackson, uh, Shepard. The pro pro hockey will always be there. You only have yeah. you only have so often to to use your WHL education package. As silly as it is, you only have so much time to use it. Um, so it's smart to use it's smart to use it right away and get your schooling. Yeah, yeah. Pro hockey uh, is is definitely always an option as long as as long as you're playing competitive hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's gonna be uh, pro hockey. I I could be totally wrong, and I I could be totally dreaming this, but I swear that there was a player um, picked in in the NHL draft this year out of U Sports, and I I can't think of his name for the life of me right now. But uh, I I think I know what you're talking about. I think that was a I think that was a bit of a jab. Was that J D Burke that said that? Was it about Matthew? Uh, What's his name? Remp Rempe from Seattle. Oh yeah, you know that that's what it was. It was. Uh, yeah, that was him kind of taking a jab, saying that that I think it was I can't remember who drafted. Him. I think it was the Rangers. Used whatever pick to draft a, a U Sports player because he was making a jab at. He thinks that's where his career is destined. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I oh. think it was I think it was JD being more cheeky than anything because he plays for Seattle right now. So, um, yeah, I think it was just JD being JD. <laughs> Uh, JD. Unless, unless, unless the, it did actually happen, but I think I know what you're referring to, and because yeah, no, it kind of no. threw me for a loop too at first. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm, I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> it, it is um, Matthew Lindsay, and, and apologies uh, to him. I'm sure he's, he's, uh, you know, gonna, gonna have a, a pretty clear, pretty good clear, uh, whatever route uh, he goes. But uh, forget I said any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, be, because I, I obviously need to pay pay better attention at the, before I go spouting uh, off. But it's, uh, it's hard to tell tone over over the internet a lot of times. That's why the internet is what it is. <laughs> it's all about misunderstandings and miscommunications. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um, but uh, but anyway, talking about the draft, uh, we saw Justin Soyder, our, our guest, uh, on this week's episode was was drafted. Um, by the Florida Panthers, uh, a bit of a uh, he he kind of fell off a bit from from where um, we thought we'd we'd see him go, but uh, I, I he's not not at all disappointed um, to be to be drafted uh, by Florida. Yeah, he even he said it himself. He he did have to wait a bit longer than he expected, but like any other player that gets that slides a bit in the draft, you kind of once your name gets called, all that goes out the window because. At the end of the day, it honestly doesn't really matter where you get drafted. It all it's all about what you do with it. So like how many times do you see a first round pick play a handful of games, but then you see a seventh round pick have a full NHL career. So in the scheme of things, draft position honestly outside of the first round, draft position doesn't matter because obviously the first round picks they're always gonna get that they're gonna get the benefit of the doubt, they're always gonna get that chance. But anything after that, it's it's a crapshoot. So you got to make the most of every training camp, every development camp, and that's what it sounds like. Um, Justin is kind of keen on doing. He seems pretty excited about going to Florida. It's it's kind of an up and coming organization. So it 
I think it's a perfect spot for a guy that's trying to make a name for himself in the NHL. Yeah, um, and uh, I just got a, a little bit of, of breaking news here uh, that I, I'm throwing you a total curveball. Yeah. Uh, so so, so th- th- this uh, this pod is not going to be released uh, until uh, tomorrow when uh, Hockey Canada announces their uh, selection camp roster for uh, the World Juniors. And yeah. I, I just got a scoop here that uh, Shane Wright is is going to be on the roster, which I think uh, is a, is a bit of a a, a shock. Um, Holy, to, yeah. Because he's a he's a 2004 born player and uh, is still years away from from being drafted in in uh, the NHL, but uh, looks like he's going to be uh, on the uh, on the roster for for Team Canada this year. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> he's only supposed to be coming to the junior this year. <laughs> As a 2004-born player, this is supposed to be his rookie year coming up. Um, but instead, he plays as a 15-year-old. He He's the, an assistant captain in Kingston. Now he's on that roster. That's kind of mind-boggling. I don't even know if Crosby did that. I don't even think he was on as a 16-year-old, was he? No, no. Uh, I think he, he was a... Both Crosby and McDavid uh, made it. Uh, in their um, pre-draft season, and they're the only ones to to have uh, to have made Canada as an as a non-drafted player. So that's uh, that's pretty phenomenal um, for for this kid out of out of Ontario to be that damn good that he that he's already uh, you know in consideration for for Hockey Canada. No kidding. And I know this term gets thrown around a lot, but it seems like every year or every couple of years, we're getting a generational talent. Um, some people are hesitant to use that word because lately it's been getting thrown around to every first overall pick. But obviously in this case, it's it it's coming true. Um, I'm very interested to see how he kind of goes side by side with McDavid. Um, he's already, I think he's, did he, did he break McDavid's? Did you get more points than McDavid as a 15-year-old? I'm kind of putting you on the spot. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, like you just did to me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm just pulling out from his his elite prospects here, and uh, I want to say McDavid had like 66 points as a 15-year-old. Yeah, that's and that's the guess. That's um, what Shane Wright had. Shane had um, had 66 um, as a as a 15. Well, maybe I'm thinking uh, of him then. Um, and uh, let's see what uh, what McDavid had. McDavid uh, in his first, no, 66 tied. Oh, they matched. They they matched, oh. but um, but Wright played five less games than uh, okay. than McDavid did because of the the shortened season and and going to U 17s for Can Canada Black. So no, that's um, kind of crazy. I I don't understand how these kids are getting so good so quick. I mean, I kind of do, but. It's, like obviously with these all these academies and all this, but it's just still kind of mind-boggling to see these like full-blown. Like he could probably be a professional athlete already, and he's I don't know I don't know when his birthday is, but I'm sure he's pretty close to being 16 now if he isn't already. Um, yeah, he's January 5th, 2004. Like he's, I kind of okay 2004. That's insane. Um, but I kind I kind of remember thinking this with McDavid when he kind of broke onto the scene. I wonder. If you put him in an NHL game as a 16-year-old, or even as a 15-year-old last year, I'm interested to see how he kind of, if he can hold his own or not. Because looking at McDavid, he was a bit more scrawny at that age. He wasn't really looking like an adult. But Shane Wright, he's he's a little bit more stocky than McDavid was at that age. He looks like he looks like a full-blown adult, and it shows. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, six foot, one hundred and eighty-three pounds, and McDavid, who is seven years his senior, is six one, one ninety-two. Yeah, and so, he was—he wasn't anywhere near one ninety-two as a fifteen-year-old. No, yeah. no. So um, if you, I have no problem believing that that Shane Wright will be uh, certainly able to to handle himself uh, physically. Uh, um, at that at that level, and and you know that's that's a huge uh, huge surprise to me that uh, that it's happening. But yeah, I just got that uh, that uh, tip via, via text, and so when this uh, when this pod comes out, it probably won't be breaking news. But uh, no, but 
but uh, it is now, and I, yeah. I just had to get you uh, <laughs> get you to react to that. It turned into a Shane Wright fan cast real quick. <laughs> this is a this is a WHL slash Vancouver Giants podcast. We're here talking about an OHL guy. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so though. Yeah, I mean, making it's, history. Uh, it's it's uh it's uh you know pretty pretty crazy, but uh but trying to get back on track here. Uh, talking about um the World Junior Squad. Uh, we'll see Byron uh probably named to that that uh, was almost. Well, that that's a foregone conclusion. I think that uh, as long as Colorado um, uh, mm-hmm. allows him to go, he'll be there. Uh, we probably won't see uh, uh, sort of uh, on the list though. No, I think if anything, it'll be the year after. Um, you don't see too many guys that aren't first or second rounders coming out of their draft get put onto that camp roster, and that's not that's not taking anything away from him. It's just kind of how it is. Um, but that doesn't mean he won't have a shot at the roster by the time the tournament comes because it's it's not uncommon for for guys that weren't invited to what's usually the su- the summer camp roster make it to the winter the regular winter camp and make the team so in in a sense this list kind of doesn't mean anything if you're a guy that's on the bubble of making such a list if that makes any sense <laughs> um so I wouldn't, if I was him, I wouldn't be too discouraged. I don't even know if he even had that on his mind at all this week. But yeah, it, it's probably a long shot, but it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him on there for the next year. Yeah, and uh, the other piece of, of Giants news that we should uh, probably touch on before getting into our interview with uh, with Justin is uh, Zach Ostapchuk, uh was uh, named uh, a C-rated uh, prospect by uh, NHL Central Scouting this week. Yeah, and that usually is projected anywhere between a fifth to seventh round pick, I believe, um, if not sixth and seventh round. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see. If I, it, I'm kind of surprised to see him on this. Kind of not. He had a bit of a an injury short, or he had a bit of a shortened season this year due to injury, so he didn't get to to showcase himself fully. Um, but he did have a vast improvement. Vast improvements from what I saw when he came up as an affiliate as a 15-year-old a couple seasons ago. Um, one thing that I was telling you about before we started recording was his skating. His skating went from um, his skating did a 180-degree kind of flip. It was it was cool to see when I remember watching him as a 15-year-old. And he wasn't wasn't the best of skaters. I don't know if it, maybe he was nervous or if. If he wasn't quite himself, um, because it's it's hard to to get called up, especially a big jump from midget to the WHL, and uh, kind of feel normal, feel like yourself. So, um, but yeah, this year he had his moments where he looked like he was a Bantam first round pick. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he can get a full a full season of hockey under his belt, especially going to his draft year and see where he see what he can do with that. Yeah, I. I will admit that I'm not incredibly uh, familiar with, with his game, but, uh, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, we we saw a player have a, a breakout um, season, and I think he will probably have a lot of opportunity on this Giants team to mm-hmm. to, to show uh, what he can do and show that, that he's a, a real player this year. Yeah, he's going to be coming in in his, what what is his 17-year-old junior season but he's not going to be coming in really as that young of a player when you speak when you think of it because this Giants team coming in there's going to be it's going to be one of the younger teams that that Giants fans will will, see, will have seen be dressed in the last few years um now that doesn't mean they won't be good because uh, all the young talent they got coming up is is legitimate talent more so during those dark years three four or five years ago where um they were young teams but they were kind of making up. They were kind of catching up. Uh, sorry, their good seasons were catching up with them with low draft picks, um, which kind of caused all these dark years. But now all these players coming in that are young, they're all fairly high draft picks because because of those dark years. So um, I kind of caught myself in a loop there. But if if that made any sense, um, it, it won't be surprising to see the Giants still in the hunt. I don't know if I see them in the divisional hunt, but I definitely see them in, in a comfortable playoff spot. Yeah, and, that, and I that's, think... That's very premature, though. Obviously, the rosters aren't set or anything, but that's just 
my prediction based off of last year. I think that's a, a good point to uh, pivot to our conversation with uh, with Justin uh, because of the last thing the listener wants is for us to you know just stop making sense. Uh, so uh, here's our <laughs> conversation with the uh, Florida Panthers uh, third round pick Justin Sawyer. Welcome to another edition of Giant Thoughts, the podcast. Uh, we are joined today by uh, a third round pick of the Florida Panthers, uh, Justin Sordiff. Justin, first of all, uh, congratulations on uh, on being selected by the Panthers. Thank you. I appreciate it. What's life kind of been like ever since the draft? Uh, just kind of been talking to the people, I guess, about what next um i guess you know talking to the team talking to everyone in the organization uh obviously it's pretty exciting um that they you know took me with their pick and uh just kind of waiting now i guess in training and trying to be as prepared as possible for when uh, i get called down there uh walk us through your, your draft experience uh, a bit uh, it's not not uh conventional this year it was i imagine it was kind of like your bantam draft experience uh yeah no it was a little bit um i was kind of i was watching it i guess online on the certain it was called firebridge so it was like uh the players would watch on there everything else everyone would watch on the tv at the tv going as well um but yeah no it was pretty similar i guess to my bantam bantam draft day uh where i uh got the phone call after and um, I was kind of watching it on this one website, and I just saw my name pop up uh, and Ben. Um, and I guess it was kind of similar, uh, I guess, with uh, the NHL this year. You have to wait a little bit longer this time around. What was that like? Kind of just finally, yeah. just waiting for that to finally happen. Just, I'm sure it took a bit longer than you would have liked, but nonetheless, it happened. Yeah, no, uh, it was weird. Um, I guess it was, you know, draft supposed to be in June usually, and uh, and ended up being, you know, in October. So uh, just those extra months there, I mm-hmm. guess, waiting. Um, if you're like, you know, you see some guys maybe in the U.S. or in Europe playing already. Maybe they're getting a couple more looks, and then you're just kind of sitting at home training and just doing everything you can to, you know, stay in shape and keep your skills up. So I guess that was a bit frustrating. Um, but, you know, everybody around here is in the same boat. So can complain uh what was the process like leading up to the draft i know that there was was no combine so you you didn't really have that experience of getting together with all the other prospects but were you uh, still doing interviews and and stuff like that yeah no i was still doing interviews um i guess uh in may all the way going into june then when they found out the draft was going to be later on uh things kind of died down and then um you know got a few more calls i guess in september um so other than that i was kind of just training on my own but yeah leading up to the draft uh you know there's a uh, a big buzz i guess around um you know where i was gonna go was i gonna go to vancouver at all <laughs> people are kind of throwing up things there thinking i was gonna get picked up but yeah um i just tried to keep a level head and take it day by day i think i heard you say that you didn't really expect vancouver to pick you anyways because of their their forward depth that they got yeah. got um so did i ever kind of did you ever kind of cross your mind though what it would kind of be like maybe to to play for that hometown team um like how like it's hard it's hard to kind of to kind of think about that when it's probably not going to happen but um yeah what would that have been like yeah i don't know i it really like it didn't even pop in my head at all, really. Or I didn't imagine myself playing um, or well, getting drafted there anyways. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can play anywhere in the league later on down the line. But mm-hmm. I think the only one I can name off the top of my head is Vertan, and, um That was actually a local kid that got picked by the Canucks. Um, yeah. So, you know, over the past years, they've uh, tend to tend to pick players from abroad and I mean they have a pretty good team right now so mm-hmm. I think they're doing a good job of uh of picking up guys there um but yeah no uh 
Florida was also another team that I just never kind of pictured myself getting <laughs> drafted there. Um, yeah. So it was pretty exciting, though. Could be worse places. Oh, yeah, no, it's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good weather. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so so what was your what was your reaction then when uh, when you did hear that uh, Florida picked you? Uh, I was pretty excited. Um, just knowing some of the guys that are involved, you know, with their organization. Obviously, they have uh, our new general manager there is uh, Bill Zito. Um, you know, McCabe is working there. Pronger, uh, Roberto Luongo. Uh, you know, I talked to all those guys, which was uh, it was nice. amazing. Um, to hear what they had to say and hear that they were excited to have me uh, in the Florida Panthers organization. Um, so I, I do believe I, I have a, a great future, you know, waiting ahead, um, you know, with me and the Panthers. Um, I think they're, uh, they're you know, pretty close to, to being, you know, consistent playoff contending team. I mean, they've, uh, they've had good, uh, good seasons, kind of like um, I'd say in the past, you know, five years, but, uh, it's a tough division, uh, division they play in. I think, you know, who do you have? You have Tampa, obviously. Mm-hmm. They just won the cup. So that's one team that's pretty tough. Carolina is another really good team. Washington, Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's going to be tough to even make the team. But um, I'm just going to do everything I can. After doing all those interviews with teams, did you kind of have a sense that Florida was fairly interested in picking you? And, and also... What have your thoughts kind of been on their organization so far? Um, what do you kind of like about what you've seen from them? Uh, you know what? I uh, I like a lot of things, I guess, uh, about their organization. Um, just the way everyone reached out to me uh, was awesome. And just looking at some of the, the players that they have and, you know, how well they, uh, they do with their prospects. Uh, they're really good with the development down there. Um, and I think it's a good place for a young player like myself to kind of, uh, you know, learn the learn the way of the NHL, uh, learn how guys operate, um, you know, everything they do in day to day life. And it, it's just one of those places where, like, uh, you know, if you're a high high draft pick to say like Toronto or Montreal, mm-hmm. you're going to be under the microscope a lot, yeah. especially with uh, Canadian, you know, media covering. Uh, those teams quite a bit where in Florida uh, you have a lot more uh, a time to yourself um, you're able to kind of do your own thing and not have pressure from uh, you know things like the the media up in Canada uh, did you get any uh, weird or funny questions in the interview process or were they all kind of pretty pretty straightforward questions uh, it was pretty straightforward questions, I think, from the most part. But going back to that first question you guys had with, uh, you know, did I have an interview and how did it go with them? Uh, it was actually a pretty good interview. So it was one of those interviews that I look back on when the draft was happening. And, you know, I was talking to my parents and I was like, oh, yeah, I had a good talk with Florida as well. I don't know what their thoughts were after, but I thought it went pretty well um so that was good uh and just yeah talking to all of those guys uh was pretty awesome um there's uh, some pretty good players ex nhl players in their organization so they definitely know what they're doing speaking of nhlers and ex players um did you have any of giants alumni kind of reach out to you after the draft or prior to the draft guys like gallagher or kane or anything like that uh, I talked to Evander once during the season when the Sharks were in town playing the Canucks. He came mm-hmm. out, um, and uh, I believe I was hurt for that game. So I just talked to him for a couple of minutes, and um, yeah, just a good conversation there. That was pretty cool. Um, you know, I think I work out, I guess, at Delta, so um, I work out with the junior guys there. I uh, don't see the pros too often, and we did have a game last weekend, but Gallagher wasn't playing um, because of his injury uh, with his jaw there. But no, uh, I think uh, I think I had a, like a small talk with him last year, maybe two years ago even. Yeah. And he was talking about how I used to bike to the rink to work out, and that oh, even if I got my driver's license, <laughs> I'd probably still bike to the rink. And he told me otherwise. He's like, once you have your license, you're not going to be biking anymore. So he was right about that. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I remember that. Um, but yeah, no, uh, 
you know, teammates just congratulating me and um, getting advice where I can, uh, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it's been pretty good. Did you get a lot of advice from, from Bo going into the whole draft process? Uh, I had some tips from him and then just advice during the season. Um, other than that, though, uh, I wouldn't probably go up and ask too many questions. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I know if we're talking, it's usually probably not about hockey unless we're at the rink. Um, sure. Yeah, but, no, he's uh, he's just a great role model, though. Uh, we have lots of great more, uh, role models on our team. So, uh, you know, even if I wanted to and go up and ask him a question, I know he'd mm-hmm. uh, do his best to give me an answer. Uh, going back to the, the rankings there, uh, you, you were projected, uh, projected at some point uh, to go in the late first round, and you didn't end up going – in, until the third round is that something that you you're paying attention to or or is that uh, you know not something in in your head uh no it's definitely something i uh i paid attention to um you know i had talks with my agents and whatnot uh about that i uh i knew i wasn't gonna go in the first round um i did think somewhere in the second round but um ultimately you know i was taking 87 you know in the third round and it's something that i can't uh i can't be upset about i mean there's lots of guys that uh would die to be in my position and um i uh i'm really happy with you know the opportunity florida's given me uh with that being said um i did think i was going to get picked higher but um i can always uh prove myself at training camp uh which is what i have to do uh you know there's Guys that have been drafted later, you know, Braden Point is a perfect example of how well he played in the playoffs. Kind of led Tampa to the cup there, and he was a third-round pick. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I guess I can, you know, do what I uh, do, what I do, and that's pretty much it. It's just go out and play yeah. hockey. Yeah. It's a great way to think about it. Um, we Ben was actually talking to Barkley not long ago, and he was saying that, they have you guys doing like team activities or or some form of activities to keep you guys kind of tight knit during the, this time. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, no, we do uh, Zoom calls. Uh, whether we have alumni come in and talk to us, or um, we did an NHL fantasy. So in <laughs> August and uh, September for the last bit of the playoffs. There, right now we're doing NFL. Um, How's that going for you? Uh, I think our team's in second or third right now. <laughs> not um, bad. Not bad, yeah. I yeah. I think we had yeah we had Chase Claypool um on our draft um okay. our fantasy team so he's been doing pretty good for us. Yeah. Uh, we just, yeah, and we took him pretty late actually. Um, yeah. Nobody was taking him. Yeah, so, he even uh, go in our draft. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's yeah there's been that and uh, probably have a couple more Zoom calls coming up. Uh, but yeah, I guess January to start. Um, not 100% sure when everybody's supposed to come in. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming probably around like the 27th, the 28th. Uh, and yeah, no, uh, our team's still kind of been keeping close contact with each other, still over <laughs> Skype or whatever. From based off from your friends around the league, do you know if you guys are like the only team doing that, or do you know if that's pretty common around the league to have the teams keeping the, the guys kind of together? Uh, I think there's a couple other teams that are probably doing that. I think most mm-hmm. teams. Um, I know I'm skating with a couple guys who are on the Portland Winter Hawks, um, and apparently they've been doing Zoom calls. They've been having guys like uh, oh, what was it again? I mean. They had Babcock on and all that, okay. uh, yeah. and they had a couple other. I think they had Ken Hitchcock as well. Um, yeah, that's what they were saying. So some pretty, pretty well respected, I guess, uh, guys around the league. Um, you know, doing Zoom calls with them there. So yeah, I think most teams will probably be doing stuff to keep in contact with each other. Everyone kind of the care factor just drops. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we we've seen a few guys go uh, the junior A route uh, to kind of keep in shape uh, ahead of the season. Is that something that you're thinking about doing, or, or are you just uh, happy to to skate with uh, some guys in Delta? Uh, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure what you know 
my plan is going to be. Um, as of now, I'm just training and trying to get uh, you know as strong and as fast as uh, as I can every year uh, when the oppor- opportunity presents itself. Um, you know, I'll be willing to make that jump. Uh, is junior A like a, a better route right now to try and get back in a five on five play? Uh, there's the pros and cons there. Um, you know, how long are you going to play? Uh, mm-hmm. How much ice are you going to get? Because the team knows at the end of the day, you're going to be leaving anyways. Right. Um, there's a uh, risk of injury. Um, I know a lot of guys were worried about that. You know, yeah. they go in and play a couple of junior A games and, mm-hmm. you know, get cross-checked or something. And Yeah. Uh, guys trying to show up the dub guys being dummies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I know a couple of guys actually who I was working out with when I played and, you know, the BCHR, the AJHL. Uh, and, um, no, I haven't made a decision on that yet. But, you know, also there's opportunities out in Europe. Mm-hmm. That I see a couple of the, the younger guys run out there, really high eligible draft picks. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, at the end of the day, everyone, I guess, has to come back to the WHL anyways. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what the deal is, is if you play abroad, uh, you know, what's the quarantine or can you get a test right away and start playing or do you have to wait two weeks before you can yeah. kind of go back into your bubble? Yeah, I was going to bring that up to you, actually, the Europe part. Do you know anybody, do you have any buddies that are playing over there? Have you heard much about how that whole process goes? No, I don't know much at all. Um, you know, our Euro, I guess, that we had as a 20-year-old meal. <clears throat> you guys obviously know yeah. that he's playing in the Czech league right now. Um, okay. So been talking to him a bit. Uh, I think they actually might be shutting down for a week or something. Oh, really? I think yeah. of a COVID spike. Um, oh. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true mm-hmm. or not. And um, yeah, no, I, other than that, like I haven't really talked to anybody. I know there was a couple guys though from the league that went to go play in Europe. Uh, have the the Panthers uh, talked about bringing you into town, or are you still uh, still up in the air with uh, with how that's going to work? Uh, still up in the air with how that's going to work. I talked to my agents, and they're not sure if there's going to be a development camp because there's a limited amount of time. Um, so I guess what they can do is, you know, you're playing good, or they want to get you out there, they'll bring you down for a bit. But mm-hmm. as far as just like a rookie camp or just a, a training camp. Um, I don't think there will be one. Um, but if I play, you know, really good hockey, uh, I wouldn't be surprised maybe if they uh, called me down at some point to just kind of go and meet everyone, I guess, in person or the facilities. I guess it's tough, right, with COVID now. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really sure, um, you know, what's going on with their organizations, NHL and WHL, so... I kind of want to look ahead a bit into next year. What do you what do you kind of think of the team that would be coming in, and what kind of expectations do you have for yourself as a nineteen year old or sorry, eighteen year old in the league? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I pretty much, I guess, would be nineteen anyways. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think our team's gonna be, you know, decent. We uh, we have some good young players. Um, I know we have a solid back end um forwards uh we're not maybe not as old as we were in the past mm-hmm. couple seasons so that might be a challenge but i think our young guys are, are gonna step up um i personally i guess i'll still be 18 when our season's supposed to start and i'll probably be in you know one of the oldest guys on the team on up front on forward mm-hmm. so uh yeah no i'm just gonna try and be a leader um as a 17-year-old, I thought I matured from my 16-year-old season, and then obviously even more so now. So we'll have to we'll have to see with that. It's kind of crazy to hear you say all that, because I remember when you got called up against Victoria in the playoffs as a 15-year-old, and that didn't seem like it was that long ago. <laughs> now no, we're talking no, about you getting drafted into the NHL. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. No, it, time's kind of flown by. Um uh, yeah, I do remember when I was 15 and getting that opportunity to play uh, in all seven games in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, it seems like uh, it wasn't that long ago. So it's, it's kind of crazy to think um, 
you know, I'm almost 20. Uh, yeah. <laughs> closer to 20 than I, than I am 15. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you guys were just starting to get hot there when uh, the season kind of shut down due to COVID. Does that uh, motivate you at all to, to kind of build off of what you guys had, had going last uh, towards the last, end of last season? Yeah, yeah, no, it does. Um, I mean, our team's going to be quite a bit different like it is every year. Um, you you have three 20-year-olds um, that move on, and then you have some trades that you have to make, I guess, with uh, 19, 18-year-olds. So team's going to be looking different, I guess, every single season that you play. Um, so we'll have to see, I guess, what the new chemistry is like, oh, different lines. Uh, but yeah, you know, we can definitely build off that core foundation that we had, um, and our team kind of knows what our identity is and we can just go out and play our game. Uh, it'll be a bit different though, playing, I guess, within our own division, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably going to be a lot more bad blood yeah. than some guys. If you weren't sick of Vic uh, and PG, uh, you are, he will be now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All those bus rides and yeah. all those games. So, so how how do you kind of see how do I word this? How do you kind of see like your coaches or your, G, or your GM kind of preparing you guys to pl- like if you guys do end up playing the same team double the amount of times that you guys already were? How how do you kind of figure they would approach that? Like mm. to playing the same guys that much to maybe not get too caught up in their systems or not get cu- too caught up in in their bullshit i guess yeah i think that's a a really good question um i'd say we have to have multiple four checks multiple breakouts just to always constantly switch it up on 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 the team um in our own division because if you have one breakout and one four check or even two um you know they're going to start to find ways you know to to stop you so we're going to have to have three even four four checks uh three or four different breakouts we gotta have different power play breakouts full playbook Um, full playbook (laughs) it's gonna be even you know even more so this year because when you're playing against the other team you study game film um but with the other team's advantages if we played somebody like you know edmonton or calgary or Mm -hmm. moose jaw we we can only watch like a certain amount of game film on them and just kind of be used to the way they play. Um, but if we're playing somebody like Everett, you know, Everett's coming at you 110% and they've got, you know, multiple four mm-hmm. checks, multiple breakouts. Um, so yeah, that's one thing that we're going to have to do is study individual players on the other team as well mm-hmm. and what their weaknesses are. Uh, kind of building off that a bit, uh... Uh, the January 8th uh, start date is kind of the third time we've seen the, the season uh, change. Uh, how does that affect the way that you're, you're preparing for the season? Uh, I basically had to do, uh, you know, my summer training starting in April. And then I, uh, I had to basically start over in August and i'll probably have to start over again because we get a, a little break here from the gym in uh in about a week and a half um i'll sp- still be doing stuff uh, every day just to keep my body limber and in shape but i would say we have like a little break there in november and then i'll have to restart again from probably the second week or third week of november all the way until the start date so it's kind of like three separate segments mm-hmm. um and we've just been repeating that, I guess, because we never knew when it was going to start. It was supposed to be October, and then then it was December, and then now it's January. And hopefully the January start date holds up and, you know, things aren't, uh, you know, so bad we can't even play hockey. Um, that actually kind of would suck, though, uh, to miss a yeah. whole year of hockey. Yeah, especially for kids that are looking to get drafted coming up. Um that would just imagine this past year if you wouldn't be able to play going into your draft year that would have been that been kind of brutal it already it already kind of sucked having to to end it a bit early Mm -hmm. no it did um yeah i got 57 games and um i had a 68 uh minus playoffs and 
if I had, you know, if our team had been knocked out mm-hmm. uh, in the first or second round, maybe a chance at the 18 Worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you were playing some of your best hockey of the year when the season ended. Yeah. You, you feel that too? Yeah. No, I definitely yeah. do. February is uh, my best month. Yeah. Uh, so t- tomorrow, uh, Hockey Canada is going to announce their selection camp roster for the, the World Juniors. Have you been contacted at all about that? Or are you uh, solely focused on, on the Giants this year? Uh, I'm pretty much solely focused on uh, yeah my career in the WHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I'm not sure if I was on the short list for that or not. Um, but I know there's some really good players that are on that roster. Um, O1s, O2s, O3s. And I think even, um, uh, was Shane Wright, um, okay. O4 yes. on that roster. Uh, actually I'm not hundred percent sure. There might actually not even be any O3s. It might just be O1s, O2s yeah. and then. Right, um, as an 04, but uh, yeah, no, there's definitely some some really good talent on that on the roster there. Of um, I'm not even sure how many guys it is, but uh, there's also some really good players I know in the WHL uh, that you know didn't get invited to that. So, and those camps aren't the be all end all, anyways, and it's just as easy to work your way up to a, a camp invite when in the winter time, anyways. Yeah, I guess yeah. Winter time now, so. You got anything else, Ben? No, no. I think that uh, just about does it for me. Uh, so thanks, uh, Justin, for for uh, joining us today, and uh, all the best in uh, the upcoming season. Yeah. No, thanks, guys. I yep. appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. And our thanks to uh, Justin Soydiff for joining us on this week's edition of Giant Thoughts, the podcast. Uh, on behalf of my co-host, uh, Stephen Harko, uh, thanks for listening. And don't forget to uh, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you find your uh, favorite podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. And follow us on Twitter as well, at giant underscore thoughts, because you seem to forget about that most weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I can't remember this thing Twitter. It's all right. All right, yeah, Till next time, I'm Steven. And I'm Ben, and uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>